0: Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
1: Be it superstition or just an apparition, you suddenly appear inside my heart. Does this strange romance stand a ghost?
2: Welcome to From the Bleachers. I'm your host, as always, Seamus Clancy, coming to you from the wonderful Bleeding Green Nation Radio Podcast. Now, now I hope you're watching this one on YouTube. You see what the episode of this is titled. Get excited. Biggest guest we've ever had on here: Eagles Legend, Pro Football Hall of Famer, new author, Brian Dawkins. Brian, Doc. Thank you for coming on the show.
3: No, th- thank you for having me. Yes, it's, it's it's still crazy for me to hear author next to my name but it was yeah. a it was a pleasure doing it and i hope a lot of people read it and and uh and get inspired by it
2: yeah i got the book right here plowed through it the last two days love all the little anecdotes from different parts of your life growing up in jacksonville clemson all these things that even eagles fans like myself who feel like they've known you for two decades now probably didn't even know some things about you so definitely worth a read out there you can find it on BrianDawkins.com. 50% of the proceeds of the book do go to the Brian Dawkins Impact Foundation, which is awesome if you are heading down to the Eagles game this weekend. against the 49ers' first home game of the season, looking to go 2-0. Brian will be signing books there at the Pepsi Plaza at the link from 11 to noon before the game. So if you're down there, you got to check out dog. Grab a copy of the book. It'll sign on everything like that.
3: No, I appreciate it. And that's 50% of my proceeds. What's coming to me? Yeah. That's, okay. that's what's going. Okay. Just wanted to be –
2: Above Wood with that, my man. So a lot of people know me as obviously an Eagles crazy Philly sports guy. I think the thing they think of me next is being a gigantic comic book nerd fan. Since I was a kid, growing up in the 90s, watching that iconic X-Men cartoon, Wolverine was obviously my favorite character. And as a kid, I felt like my two favorite people were Wolverine and you. And they were kind of the same person at the same time for me. Where did that background come in? I think this is fun. Everyone loves this aspect about you. Where did that come to fruition? Where did you start channeling that Weapon X persona, that Wolverine energy? I know you had uh, figurines and comics all in your yeah. locker room over years in Philadelphia. But what really clicked exactly. for that for you?
3: This right, right here, Jack.
2: Can, yeah, can you zoom my, in on uh,
3: that? See that? That's right yeah, there. There I you go. My
2: Wolverine. Uh,
3: there you Wolverine go. Pen I write with.
2: Yeah, yeah.
3: You yeah. know what we're doing. Yeah. So I mean, that's it's it's really been something that was been a part of me. So I love comic books, period, right? So that's the first thing about it. Love comic books. Not I was not necessarily um, a reader of books per se. So that's another reason why it's surprising for me to have author by my name, which I love to read now, which is different than growing up. But I love comic books and love Marvel when I caught wind of Wolverine. His backstory and you know why he became what he became and the up and down of his emotions all the time of him not remembering certain things but so all of those things intrigued me about kind of escaping into that universe so to speak right um, and when I played the game of football when I played the game of basketball when I played the game of baseball even when that little bit of time I played it I wasn't very emotional. When I played the game, I hated to lose. So I always had an extra energy. Um, uh, um, uh, was Like I said, a sore loser. So there was yeah. a, always, always an energy to me of how I played the game. Some of the things in that book tells you how I got to be the way that I am when it comes to my mindset, when I go to attack something, right? And so when I got to the NFL, though, they saw a bunch of the figurines in my locker. And before yeah. I called, before anybody called him, Weapon X, I called him Idiot Man. So that was Idiot Man was on the field for a long time. And then he got renamed into Weapon X. And so that's what everybody knows me now. And I love it. Because Weapon X, Wolverine, but Weapon X, and that's the one that I love the most is because in Jim Johnson's defense, he used yeah. me all over the field as a weapon, right? So blitzing and coverage. Um, I would come into the line of scrimmage and, and do some things as a linebacker. Sometimes I would play slot corner sometimes. So he used me all over the place. So I love that tag of, 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 of Weapon X.
2: Yeah, it feels like you were kind of on the forefront of the way the safety position got revolutionized this century. Like you said, slot, outside corner, box safety, box linebacker, free safety. Felt like you did it all. Are there any guys that today remind you of yourself anyway that you see across the league? And who are your other kind of favorite safeties ever, guys you think are the best ever? I know you spoke about Ronnie Lott in the book, and yeah. obviously people consider so, him like, you know, get that, that, like, he, getting that, that finger the removed.
3: Dude. Yeah, Ronnie. Ronnie is the dude like to this day. I mean, there are other guys that have come along that have done some significant things in playing the safety position. Like here recently, like to me, Ed Reed is the best at what he did at getting the football and taking it to the house. To me, there's no other dude like Ed doing it, doing it like that. But when it comes to versatility and being able to do all the things in every statistical category, to me, that's Ronnie Lott to this day. He's the only safety. Think about this. He's the only safety that's in the hall of fame. That was an all pro at, corner at strong safety and free safety so that so the dude can do all things and he was known for like we used to call them snot bubbles right so bringing that bringing that yeah. unadulterated stank on folk right so to me he's still the dude and so that's who i model my game after not to just to be successful or good in one area like interceptions cool but There's other ways to affect the game. So that's why for me, I I, I wanted to make sure that in every statistical category, excuse me, I had significant numbers because if I have significant numbers in all of those categories, I'm blessing my team and I'm helping us win. And so to your point, Jim Johnson, it was Jim. Jim Johnson began to actually run the defense through a safety. Think about that. So he began to run things, changed his defense completely around and ran a lot of the stuff through me. And so he was really the introduction into the safeties, how they're being used today. I'm not saying other safeties in the past couldn't, weren't versatile because there were other guys that were versatile. But because of the way Jim used me, I believe that then you see the other guys come in, Troy and and down the line. Now teams are saying that we have to have this type of, Jack of all trades at the safety position. But when I came out, that was like a bad thing
2: because I kept. Yeah. You were kind of looked at as undersized or a guy who maybe should have been a slot corner yes. or, you know, needed to throw on 30 pounds and play outside linebacker or something.
3: Yes. So that was a bad thing coming out. But now you're seeing teams. It's a, it's a premium to have a guy in your defense in your secondary that I call it to be a chess piece. Right, chess piece can move all some chess pieces can move all over the board. Checkers, you can only go from one space to another. To me, that's the old way of playing the game of football at the safety position. That's why I never said I was a free safety. I always call myself a freelance safety because I can do all of those things.
2: Yeah, sometimes I wish we could insert 2002 Dawkins into the current Eagles defense and then just have the top unit in the league every single year with this defensive line. I don't know if you saw on week one, but the Eagles defense did look pretty fierce out there.
3: I did. I did. And I actually, I would be a little bored because if they're doing all the damage, <laughs> that that probably means that I won't be getting a chance to do some blitzing. So I probably will be a lot, a, a little bit bored.
2: Yeah. I know you have some crazy stats where you're one of X amount of people to have, you know, 25 sacks, 30 fumbles, 20 interceptions, stuff like that. So I don't want you to sell yourself. Sure, too much. We were talking about all those Ronnie Lot stats mm-hmm. racking up and stuff like that too.
3: No, I mean, I, listen. I know that I've, I've, I know I have advanced the safety position. Yeah, right. I'm blessed to just to say that that I and And to me, that was one of that was one of my that was my job is to advance the safety position to get it from someone just who's de- stay deep is the deepest. That's. What's the old guard, right? If you're a yeah. strong safety, make sure you stay in the box and, and don't get caught in space because for a strong safety in that position, you're a linebacker and usually guys can't move because you're in yeah. the box. You have to be close to the line of scrimmage. No, I'm able to do all of these things. And because of that, I, I believe with the help of Jim Jim Johnson and Emmett Thomas, I can't leave Emmett out, I was able to help the defensive coordinators see the benefit once again, and having that dude in the secondary, that can be a chess piece that you can affect the offense in so many different ways.
2: I think be- because of the way you changed the safety position and how unique it felt in Philadelphia. And as we talked about before that weapon X persona in the book, like i read through it, everyone should go out and grab a copy. Try to go on BrianDolphins.com. You talk about how you easily cultivated a relationship with the fandom in this city. And it's obviously, as you've written there, it's not like this in other places, sometimes for the best, sometimes for the worst. So, what do you think made you instantaneously, it seems, connect with fan bases of all generations? You know, I grew up in the prime, like I was, uh, you know, in grade school during that early Eagles run going to all those NFC championship games. So, always you, Doc, I mean, you, Doc, Trot. B West, all my favorite players growing up. But then there's people like my dad who grew up during the Jaworski era. Mm-hmm. Still your favorite player. You have kids now probably younger than me who still look up your number up top with the link and think that guy was the man, or guys who grew up even, you know, I have season tickets with guys who've been going since they were at Franklin Field, Penn Stadium. Wow. I look at you that way.
3: Yeah. So what do you think? What do you think did that? So in the book, you you know this. Yeah. I've I've always had to grind and outwork people for what I've earned. It was, things weren't given to me. Things weren't said. Well, look at him. He looks like, and I have a friend that says it like this. He doesn't look like an avatar, right? I didn't necessarily look the part. There's some guys that look the part. Oh, he's the first guy you want to have off the bus because he looks the part. I didn't look the part. I was small. I was quick. Couldn't gain weight for a long period of time. But I was extremely aggressive, but because of that, I developed the mindset that I'm gonna outwork any and everybody in front of me. If you line some up somebody in front of me, they better be ready because I'm gonna give everything that I have. I'm not gonna stop and they're gonna to have to pull me up off this cat if we get into something. So that was my mindset. Again, in the book, you'll see how I got that mindset. But because of that, I didn't expect anything to be given to me when I got to Philly. I didn't expect anything. Like it was my job in my opinion to earn everything, everything. So even on game days, I didn't expect the fans to come out to cheer. No, it was my job to give them something to cheer about. That was always my mindset. So I didn't expect things. I, I expected to earn every dog on right to go out. And the other thing is the passion that I live life with, play the game with, like that's blue collar. That's 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 yeah. not giving up. That's and 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 and, and, me, and me not also me not like giving blame, like this is that person's fault. I'm no, there's it's no fingers being pointed. It's, it's me. Like I, I need to do a better job. Even if I didn't necessarily do something like I still, it's something I still need to get better at. So there's no need for me to point the finger at nobody else. Let me handle mine first. And then if I can handle mine, I can then ask my teammates to step their game up because I'm doing that. Right. So I, yeah. I believe that that kind of fight, that kind of drive, that kind of blue collar, work mentality to earn everything, not blaming somebody and taking responsibility. I believe that that, that is what the Philadelphia, fan and, and the fact that I show my emotions, like I don't care about you. Yeah, crawling
2: out of the tunnel, everyone call, yeah, ate yeah. that up.
3: I show my emotions. So I believe that that is what's something that every generation can feel, right? No matter what generation, like if, you know, in in, in Troy's speech, Troy, Troy Palomalo at, at a Hall of Fame speech. He talked about one of the greatest compliments that you can be given from one of the former Steelers that have set the pedigree, set the bar, so to speak, is you could have played in our era, right? Yeah. So I believe that the way that I play the game, the way that I played the game could be placed in whatever era you put me into because of my mentality, because of the way that I work, the passion that I live with and me willing to outwork any and everybody around me, I believe I would have had success in whatever whatever area you put me in, era you put me in. Yeah.
2: And I think that just speaks to the greatness and that's why people automatically connected with
3: you here.
0: Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience.
2: You said in the book early in the story, early in the story, you have there that if anyone's ever down in their life, thinks they're in a bad position, thinks they're not getting their fair share, just remember that. In Pot Warner Ball, they stuck Brian Dawkins playing center, and he goes on to be a Hall of Fame safety. You can That's always, right. and I love the. I sent it to my dad a clip of it. Be a thermostat, not a thermometer. I love that one.
3: Be a amazing. thermostat, not a thermometer. And I got that. I got that from watching my dad because yeah. that's what my dad was. My dad is to this day still at 70, what, at 77 now? He's still a, a, a thermostat. He's not a thermometer. He changes the temperature in the rooms that he step in. He steps in. And because of that, watching him do what he did all of those years, day after day, cookout after cookout, be watching him go into a room and everybody now turn to see him enter. it. He says his hello, hello, with his deep voice. Hello, hello, hello. Every The temperature changes and he would begin to do things and mess with people to you know make them laugh and stuff like that. But I watched him. And so that is how I live my life going forward. I want people to feel that way. I want people to feel that way when I walk into a room, like when you see my phone come up on your, um, uh, on your, on your phone, excuse me, my your number come up on yeah, your phone, yeah. your screen. What is the feeling that you feel? Right. It should be one that you can't wait to talk to me. Cause you know, we're going to get some, we're going to get hype. We're going to have some passionate conversation. It's going to be some deep stuff and you're going to feel so much better after we finish talking. Yeah. That's, that's what I'm talking about. And so that's, that's again, how I feel music. today
2: when you join the podcast.
3: But that's but that's the point, right? That's, yeah, the, yeah, point. Yeah. that's the point. That's the And 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 the other thing is this: I take then responsibility for my attitude. I take ownership of my attitude. That's one of the most important things. Is my attitude? Nobody has control over my attitude. Nobody pushes my buttons, so to speak. Nobody has their hands on my buttons. Nobody's controlling me like a puppet saying something and then I react to that. No, my attitude and my character says, no, I get a chance to respond to that or not. I can leave the offense that that has been given to me. I can leave that offense right there and I can move on about my day and have a blessed one.
2: Talking about your character, one thing that I've admired from you obviously growing up a huge, gigantic fan, favorite athlete, posters on the wall, that whole thing, is that in recent years, especially around the time that you got in, uh, inducted into Ken, was the way you spoke publicly and clearly about your history of mental illness or you know mental health, struggling with depression, anxiety, especially during your career in Philadelphia, early on, the adjustment that it takes from you know a kid in you know, the north side of Jacksonville to South <clears throat> Carolina and to Philadelphia, just different <laughs> climate, different weather, disassociated from other people. What made you want to start being public about that after your playing career? And do you think that the change in the culture overall, because I feel like if you were to talk about those things in that era, in the early 2000s, people just didn't understand the depths of depression, anxiety, and overall things dealing with mental health. And if things are much more accepting now, I think to Brandon Brooks over the last couple of years. Has had an unbelievable response talking about his issues with anxiety. Then I also to think one of your former teammates, Sean Andrews, who in 2007-2008 range was talking about battling depression, and people kind of just brush it off or thought, "Oh, he's a millionaire; he can't be depressed." Those types of thing. And I I cannot but think if, you know, Sean or you came up in this era, it'd be much easier for you all to talk about these things.
3: Yeah, I mean, and, and it is, and it's getting better. Um, it's still yeah. not where it needs to be or where it can be. Excuse me. And the reason why I did it is because I felt led to do it. So a lot of people are right around the time of me getting inducted into the Hall of Fame. You can see so many people coming up to me saying, you know, when I see your picture, or when I see, you know, your face, it makes, you know, your whatever. It makes me push through. And, you know, it." so to me, it really sounded like that many people think that, I'm always walking around on so-called so cloud nine, right? And there's nothing yeah. happening in my life. Never, Nothing ever happened, and I've always been winning. So win, 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 right? Always been number one, and that's far from the truth. I've had to grow through some things, and that's the way that I see it. And that's what one of the, the main focuses in this book is, is to grow through life, grow through your experiences, not just go through them. So you're finding nuggets along the way. That was one of the things that I learned at that Tiny, small age, when I was a Pop Warner, that's one of the great lessons that I learned from my dad, because I couldn't quit. I had to be coachable the whole time, and I had to give max effort. Those were the parameters. So in that, I actually gave more than what was expected of me. So I learned something about myself in one of the most, at the time, the worst places to me to be was at center right? Instead of running yeah. back or quarterback. So here I am in that position and I'm learning about myself. I'm learning things and I'm grinding, I'm doing things to show the coaches I should be doing something else. So I'm leading and uh, it, it, so in, in conditioning tests or conditioning, conditioning at the practice, I'm always first or first or second. You know why? Cause I'm trying to prove to the coaches I'm supposed to be doing something else, right? So again, those coach become, hump
2: laps coming in handy. No,
3: that was before then. That was before hump. No, it was before that. It yeah, was yeah. before Hump. So so I guess the, the point is is that I develop that worker. I develop to give more than is expected of me. I develop to find the nugget wherever I find myself. And because I'm more in depth spiritually now, I understand that we our faith grows not in comfort our faith and our strength actually grows and gets stronger when we go through something or grow through something that's important to understand
2: i think that just speaks volumes of we talk about how you connect with fans but when you're able to take this person not just gassing you up it's, it's 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 serious this is the way you're viewing the city and that's why it's great to have this conversation is this you are this larger-than-life figure to a lot of people.
3: You are Wolverine weapon <laughs> You are this person. This, I still can't. Yeah. Can. Like but you're also that, this person. That still blows me away. That, that still blows me away.
2: You're also just not a robot, though. You have some – deal with some of the issues and afflictions that a lot of most people deal with. I'm very public with my struggles with bipolar disorder, and I've written and talked a lot about them in relation to my Eagles fandom over my life. So the situation like that, I think that breeds the connection. I think back to, you wrote about in the book, I've seen video clips of you talking about it, getting tear eyed in the past, saying like, you know, people write me letters saying that, you know, they're family members, we bury them in your jersey and stuff. I feel like my dad and I are the same way. Just put me in the dog jersey, throw me in the casket, cremate me, drop a little in the Park Jetro parking lot, someone sneak on the field, Throw the rest at the beach. I feel like that's what I'd want. I feel like that's my dog. It's that, that vibe. And that just, you know, we're, I'm trying to do an interview, but how often of my life am I going to talk to Brian Dawkins? We got to lay <laughs> it out and tell him the situation, wow. right? This is what it means to me and the city. This is the connection you have. And I know sometimes yeah. it might be weird to think or it's still hard, you know, 20 plus years, 25 years to wrap your head around, but it's wild that impact you still have.
3: And And, and the reason why that is, is, is because of this. I purposely have seen my success and constantly see my successes through my 13-year-old to 16-year-old self. So that's whose eyes I'm looking at or looking through when I have the success that I've had. When I have that success, I'm like, you made the what? You? Out of Jacksonville? Little old dude? You made it? You a Hall of Fame? Wow. Wow! So that 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 excitement, that that." Wow, it's still there. So when I see people, even to this day, walk around wearing my jersey at a game, bitch, many years later, I'm like, wow. To hear um, sometimes that my jersey is still ranked, you know, one of the highest, in, for the Eagles anyway, I'm like, wow, are you serious? My jersey? My you walk
2: into that Mitchell Ness store downtown. It's wall-to-wall, docking stuff, T-shirts, tank tops, jerseys, sweatshirts. You might be the number one person in that store.
3: Wow. Because Didn't know that, but again, no, yeah, me, Mitchell and
2: that's like the throwback story. The story well, I, is I knew they had some I,
3: throwback stuff. It's you but, and Iverson. It's, it feels yeah. like the
2: entire story is you and Alan Iverson.
3: Wow. Oh. So again, that 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 blows me away. That that's yeah. something that I put it this way. I pray I'll never get used to. I don't ever want to get used to that. I always want to have that as something to hold at a higher regard. I love it. I appreciate it.
2: To wrap up, there's one thing. I obviously have to joke with you about because even as a, someone who's a big fan of your life and career, I did not know this. In the book, when you're mentioning getting into Philadelphia and adjusting to the Eagles fans, you let it slip that you grew up a Dallas Cowboys fan. Yes. I think a lot of Eagles fans didn't know that. How no. quickly did you realize you needed to bury that in the back of your brain and not bring it up during your playing days?
3: Oh, that was pretty, pretty much the taxi ride to the facility, <laughs> right? The, I, the, the cab yeah, driver yeah. let me know that. He said, he yeah, said, yeah. uh, was he said, we hate Dallas and don't listen to WIP. I think those are two things that he told me. <laughs> yeah. you say, just realize those two things and you'll be fine. I was like, yeah. wow, wow, they hate Dallas that much. But I, I also begin to look ahead of time, you know, kind of look at some of the things um, or listen to some of the things back then yeah, of some right. of the old uh, videos and stuff um that the rivalry that was there, but it was, it wasn't so much Dallas. It was, it was yeah. who played for Dallas. I, I know yeah. it's in the book. So it was, yeah. so me being in Jacksonville, Florida, there is no team in Jacksonville. Well, there is one now, but there wasn't a team there. So like you, that, yeah. you, 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 you look at the teams that are on TV the most. And then when Emmett, who played for the Florida Gators, which school I wanted to go to? That's the school that I first wanted to go to, had my chomp ready to go and everything. So I wanted to be a gator, and Emmett went to Dallas. So I followed Emmett to Dallas. I began to like the Cowboys because of that. And that's where I caught wind of uh Darren Woodson as well. So he's another guy yeah. that I kind of modeled my game after. Sure. And so that's how that happened. That's how that happened.
2: I won't hold it against you. You did enough positive things otherwise. That I won't take Well, oh, that's off. over that's over with then.
3: Like, yeah, I know. Can't, I'm just man, yeah, you can't yeah. you can't you can't sometimes you can't help some of the things. Well, all the times you can't help some of the things you did when you were younger. It, it is oh, what it believe is. Believe me, I know that. It is
2: what I it think is. Everyone does. Yeah. yeah. All right, talk. I don't want to take up too much of your time. Well, this was awesome. Thank you so much for coming on. Is anything else you need to plug? Have me plug on there. Said so get the book, blessed by the best at Brian Yeah. Anything just, on just, your just, end?
3: Yeah, just, just grab the book um, and, and and read it and, and really yeah, take, it. take the time and read through it. There's some things in there that That's I believe can, can bless a lot of people to see things differently. And it's a spiritual aspect as well of, of my vertical relationship. But a yeah. lot of the things that I've gone through, once again, I'm going to say it again. I didn't just go through them. I intentionally grew through all the things that I have grown through That has allowed me to be at the space that I am about to go to this next level of what the Lord has for me. So just know that.
2: I love it. Again, Doc, my man, dream come true. Thank you so much for coming on. Maybe we'll have next time you write a book. Next time something happens, maybe I'll be able to get you back on the podcast again.
3: Appreciate you, brother. Uh, Be blessed.
0: strengthen security posture and reduce third-party risk get $1,000 off Vanta when you go to vanta.com slash vox that's v-a-n-t-a.com slash vox for $1,000 off Vanta support for this podcast came from SAS. data is everything and now everything is data which means more to process more to analyze